Welcome back to the Boys of 161st Street, episode 177. Today is February 3rd, Thursday, and the MLB is not looking too hot to have a on-time start. Nobody thought we would have an on-time start, but uh, they're not very close in the negotiations. And spring training is supposed to be in two weeks-ish. That doesn't look like it's going to be happening on time. Spring training, I mean, it, it looks like there might be a shortened season. So uh, it could be another 100-120 game season, which would be not another, but I remember I say that because during 2020 they were talking about doing that, and it obviously never happened that way. So, yeah, not looking too hot for that. There obviously still will be a spring training um, if the season does, in fact, happen. It would th- That's just what would cut into the regular season games. We've been through this whole rodeo before uh, for 2020, so we know how, how this is going to go. Hopefully... We can make it out to spring training during the abbreviated time, but um, yeah, not looking too good there. Other news before we get, this is going to be a John Carlos Stanton roll call episode, so similar to the Garrett Cole back end of the episode last week, we're going to do like a quick, try to do 20-25 minutes on John Carlos Stanton, look back to what he did last year, if projector is going to do this year, storylines, etc., some fun stats for you, and uh, yeah, so we're going to have some fun there. Um, before we get into that a little bit, the MLB The Show cover came out, and it was Shohei Otani, so that sparked a little bit of the question, because that's not only, isn't the cover of that, on two covers of MLB The Show, like a cartoon version and a regular version, he was on GQ, he was on all, over, all types of magazines, so uh, that begs the question, is he the 2022 face of baseball? Is he head, heading into the 2022 season, is he the face of baseball, or is it... People think, like yeah. Trout people or Tatis or all those. I think names. for people that don't watch baseball, he's the face of baseball. If that makes sense. Like if you're a baseball fan, I think you you look at guys like Acuna, Tatis. the The guys are just super. I don't know. They're electric. They make you feel things. Well, the the immediate thing <laughs> is that he's obviously international, which is big. But the big names that you would see competing with him in that were all pretty much hurt. Last year, like Acuna got hurt at the back end of the year. He's having an electric year. Tatis was hurt for a good amount of time last year. Trout was hurt for the entire year, basically. Those names are all the ones you think of when you think of face of baseball. And they all were hurt, and he went out and dominated. So it's it's not unfair to say that he is the face of baseball heading into this year, but he could, in my mind, I'm going to say yes, but he could easily be dethroned by the other guys if they stay healthy. No, I think I think he is, and I think for a few reasons. I think to Chandler's point, like to the average person or to the average baseball fan who watches once in a while, he's extremely marketable and he's I mean, he's so fucking fun to watch and he's amazing and he's doing something that's never been done before since Babe Ruth, and even that's a myth, so we don't even know that even, that even happened. So <laughs> But he he's I mean he's Incredible, and he deserves all of it. Um, look at a guy like Mike Trout. He's all talent in the world, and is probably going to be going down as one of the best baseball players of all time. But he's like such like an unmarketable baseball player because he's like not out in the media whatsoever, and he plays for a shitty team. It's not the same team as, as Otani, but Otani is more marketable. 
Um, I think I think you're right. And the biggest thing is that he does both, and he does yeah. something that nobody's ever seen before. And like, that, that people don't talk about it. Been you know really good hitter. Like the, to be the face of baseball and to like create, you have to like kind of create change in the game. Like Griffey, yeah, was this that same way? He was the face of baseball during that period of time because he was different. It's something he hadn't really seen before. And I think yeah. the reason that Otani is the face of baseball is because he does both. Yeah, and That's Chandler, to your point. Sorry, go ahead. When you talk about like the Tatises and the Acunas of the world, like the people that watch baseball might think they're the face of baseball, but I, I think he's just as you know electric and exciting as those no, guys. I, I, I totally agree. I'm just saying if if we're all sitting here, I mean, Otani's going to get the conversation from people like we're saying. If I'm talking to somebody that doesn't ever watch baseball, like, oh yeah, what's that one guy who plays on like some red team? He pitches and hits. He's pretty good, huh? Like, so he's the most recognizable just because of. He dominates the headlines, everything like that. He is a face of baseball. But if <clears throat> the four of us are sitting on the couch and you can only pick one game and you're trying to decide between watching an Acuna at bat or an Otani at bat, what are you going to pick? Otani. I disagree. No, I think, it, I think it's Otani. I think I, I, I think it would be Otani. Right? I would, I'd I rather think, watch Otani, too. I know you guys aren't hockey guys, but I'm going to make the <laughs> you bring up For a guy who has Murph, a Yankees never, podcast, I, you bring up hockey. So, I mean, continue. You bring it up all the time. So Connor McDavid is by far the best player in hockey, and people that don't watch hockey turn on Edmonton to watch Connor McDavid because he's a generational talent. Like no, Nothing we've really seen since. He plays the game differently than Gretzky, but whatever. Otani, I think, has the same effect on baseball. I think that's why he's the face. Like people that don't watch baseball, they're like, "Oh, Otani's pitching and batting second tonight. I might actually watch the Angels game." And yeah. people that don't really like baseball aren't even doing that for Mike Trout, who's probably the best player that's active right now. Yeah, I will say this too, and I, we, me and Damon, made it a point this year to watch as much Angels baseball as we could early on, especially because Trout and Otani are on the same team. But I don't remember doing that, like making it a point to myself to say, like, yeah, I'm going to stay up late tonight at 12 o'clock to watch Trout. But now that it was both of them and more so, like, what Otani was doing, that that really made me want to watch more. And I think it was also a lot of the fact that since they do play late at night and we are, we've missed a lot of Mike Trout live already, so I wanted to make yeah. a point to make sure I, I am still watching one of the potentially the best player to ever play baseball play live. Well, even because when Trout was hurt. You still watched him, didn't you? What? Like, what? Trout was hurt a lot of last year, yeah, and you still, still probably still watched the watch I thought you meant when he was hurt, like, while I was watching no. highlights. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Yeah. Like, I'm saying, like, if they're playing at 1030, even if Trout's not in the lineup, I think a lot of people are tuning in to watch Otani, especially if he's pitching. No, you're right. And, I, yeah, no. That, that, I think he just – he made me want to watch late, 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 late night baseball a lot more. So, yeah. That's the same thing like with Juan Soto and Trey Turner when they were playing back to they bat back to back. So that was so fun to watch, and I was looking out for that. So I think I think he's the face of baseball, but he could definitely be dethroned. But there's so many names that are in this conversation, and a lot of them were hurt. I mean, you could even throw. I mean, if Judge has a great year, you could throw him in there. You could throw Mookie Betts at a down year, but if he gets back on track, I mean, there's a lot of names that can be thrown in here. But the fact that he's doing both makes him in my mind, pretty easy to. Yeah. I I think, I think to Murph's point, like he hit it on the head, like making change and making noise throughout the league is, is huge. And like doing something different and like Tatis was on the cover and he was like the face for, you know, a brief period of time because he was like this electric young player who was just like showing off. He was doing the backflips. He was yelling. He was like so hype on the field, not drew attention to the general population. 
Otani out there pitching, hitting, doing amazing in both. People are watching the games, and that's why the general media is covering him because it's fucking unreal. Like, you need to have somebody go out there and do something that's never been done before or, like, do something extraordinary to get the general population talking about it, and then you can have the face baseball conversation. Well, let me let me ask you you guys this. If the superstar guys that we're talking about return to form and they're healthy and whatever, and Otani comes out and just replicates the same season, is it still that exciting? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's incredible what he's doing. Yes, it is. But this is the first time, because he's been in the league for three or four years now, this is the first time he's done it successfully both ways. And for an extended period of time. The rest of the times, he got hurt. He had Tommy John. He was just a DH. He was shut down pitching, stuff like that. So nobody, he was kind of brushed. I wouldn't say brushed under the rug as far as his name, but they just, he was like, what could happen? But this year he finally did it. Do you think if he does it again, it's just going to kind of die off or there's still going to be, oh my God, it's Otani. No, I think as long as he keeps doing both, it's going to be like, yeah, I agree. Incredible. Like nobody's going to, maybe people will do it in the future, but nobody's done it in the past for the last, you know, almost hundred years. And I think so, if, if he doesn't do it, it's almost like tip the cap to him. You've done it to this point already. You've done it for longer than anybody has ever even come close to doing. So like if he does it for half the year and gets hurt, I'd still tip my cap and be like, wow, this is what you put together a year and a half of fantastic baseball. Both ways is insane. So I think it's just as impressive to me if he continues to do it because it's just, it's nuts. Just to be clear. I also think he's absolutely incredible. I'm just playing devil's advocate, but yeah. All right. I think that's enough talk there. Uh, moving on that card, by the way, in the, in the show is going to be unbelievable. So the cover, I hate the cover. Not a fan of the cover. I think they tried to do like an anime type thing. They did. Did you see how they teased Jeter? It was like two, two 22. There was like uh, some leaked like mock up of like a Jeter cover. Yeah, is, is he in it? Was that? No, so I don't know if he's gonna be. He maybe he'll, he'll be in the game, but a lot of people thought he was gonna be like the legend cover. Like instead of the anime cover, they were gonna do. Like was he legend. not? He was not. No. They, oh, instead so of fake? a legend cover, they did the Otani anime cover for yeah. like the deluxe version or whatever. Mm. I, I wonder if they do get the rights to him in the, in the next game because that's they got Ortiz, so I figured they were gonna be together, but. We'll see. All right, moving on to John Carlos Stan. John Carlos Stan roll call. Last season had a great year. I think we've said it before, and we'll say it again. Like th- there's no reason to be booing this guy. We'll talk about. I mean, there's just, there's absolutely no reason to be booing him. But he's going into his age 32 season. Last year is obviously 31. His stats on the season in 2021: 3.1 WAR, 139 games played, 273 batting average. 97 RBIs, 136 OPS plus. I mean, he had a great year. He had a fantastic year. And not only was he good in the regular season, but he is proving to everybody that the postseason numbers aren't a fluke. He did it again. He hates the Red Sox, absolutely mashes against them. There was one game in against the Red Sox where the playoffs against the Red Sox where he was Fenway, he was he was green monstered into keeping two balls in the ballpark. He would have had three home runs in a playoff game, which is absolutely outrageous. So I think one of them, or both of them, he was probably held to a single on, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but, he only, he never had an extra base hit other than the home run. Yeah, it just, the dude's a fucking monster. That first that one he hit in that damn wild card game, 
I didn't even know I hit the wall because I was busy sprinting down the hall. Like I thought it was gone. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. Too. I was about to like burst into tears. I got back. I was so fucking confused when he was up first. But I don't know. I love the guy. I think, <clears throat> I think his May that he had, where he just kind of, you remember that? It was like he's hitting a home run every single game. Yeah. for an entire yeah. month, and then everybody kind of got off him. Then he had like a two week slump. And then the rest of the year, he was just incredible. And that last series against the Red Sox, I think we swept them or went yep. two or three, three or four, something like that, where he was hit, where he hit the grand slam and he hit the first inning home run and he hit the home run, the Santa Maria in the final game, like all that. I don't know. I, I think after this last season, I don't, I just don't think you can boo him anymore. Also, he played the field. He's proven that he can play the field. And that's a big thing going forward, especially if we don't make any moves. And not only did he play the field, but I have some numbers on pre-fielding and post-fielding. So he, he took the field. They were teasing it, like you were saying before we got on the air, the, the Marlins series that he was potentially going to play the field. And everyone was like, oh, wow, he's going to play the field against his former team first game. How great is that? He played. He did it probably, I think, the series after that. I forget what series that was. But it was around like the first couple days into August that he started taking the field. So before August... From the beginning of the season to to then, he played 83 games and hit 254. And after that, he played 56 games and hit 300. So his numbers went up offensively, and he also played the field well. So like the, the fielding made his offense better. And I think that's not just a coincidence. I think it's keeping him more loose. He's not just stiff sitting on the bench. And just like things that you would assume are actually like a cause and effect relationship. It's actually... We would assume this would happen, and the entire Yankees organization didn't quite get it and didn't want to do anything about that and didn't want to put him in the field but because they were assuming he would get hurt, but it actually ended up being kind of the opposite. I want to know what made him decide to switch him to a DH in the first place. He's a good fielder. He's always he's been just, a good fielder. He was get him get hurt. He, he's just such I mean, that's, he that's the reason. I know. Basis, it just but... doesn't. It's just fucking stupid. I know it's too, but that's that's literally the reason. God, we're just, so much smarter than the Yankees front office. I don't crazy. know why they don't hire us. I, I think at that point, though, like he, he looks kind of like he would be a DH, and I think that they wanted to keep his hitting production up, and the idea was that if he DHs and focuses on hitting, then he'll keep his numbers up. Yeah, well, they're that fucking work, wrong. I well, like I mean, that that's that's he was a DH, and then they were like having talks about bringing him into the outfield because we needed it, but then he went on that hot streak. While in the DH spot, and then boom, came out on the on the press conference, and he said, "I can't take him out right now because I don't want to mess with his like his rhythm of being he in does DH that all the time." Though, like he he like, everybody gets too hot, and he th- everybody no, gets know, taken I out. I know, it's like it's like you wait for the perfect time. Perfect times aren't going to happen, and that's what he was doing all season. And I think that kind of I mean, obviously it fucked with him, but like I don't know. I'm so tired of that stuff. But I think he has to play the field. Uh, Majority of the season this can year. Can I say one thing real quick? Can or just be flexible. Sorry. Can everybody shut the fuck up about him having an awful contract? The Marlins are paying. You're paying what? I think it's it's either sixteen or twenty two million dollars for that level yeah. of production. Fuck you. And is fuck that yourself. confirmed? Are they paying like half the contract yes, every year? That was part yeah. of the big. That was a huge part of the deal and why the Yankees. Because people them on. see the twenty nine million a year and they're like, holy shit! And like, well, to be, it's to just be funny fair. because they you look the, you look no, at they all see these the three twenty five. Okay, what and they see. and. I actually just read an article about his contract. I was going to pull up some fun stats. Obviously, now like we know that the Marlins are eating some of it, so 
it's not as egregious, but like, it's just funny. This is probably why people are saying this because they hear things like this. They hear that he could stand will earn $2,853 an hour during the Spanish 13 year contract. His average salary is more than at the time when he got (laughs) traded over to us. Andrew Luck, Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, Robert Griffin all combined earned that season. He could buy 650,000 Apple iPhone sixes with 128 gigabytes of memory iPhone six. <laughs> that shows you all that is, but no, but that's this good. No, three hundred twenty-five million dollar contract is higher than the GDP of the following countries: <laughs> <laughs> to, to Palau, uh, Marshall Islands, Palau. I don't even know these countries, but he's got more GDP than they do. His reported three hundred twenty-five million dollar contract could feed about thirty thousand children for an entire year at a daily budget of thirty dollars a day. Um, and I think he could buy his own island. I forget the island, but. And if you look at the average at best before he came to the Yankees, he was seeing around 7,600. He would see projected 7,600 at bats during his 13 year career. That would be $42,673 per at bat. Based on last year's numbers, he had 510 at bats, $29 million salary. That's $56,862 per at bat. So, like, my reason for reading all that out is because that's the reason why people freak out about the contract stuff because these are funny. <laughs> like, he makes ridiculous money. I mean, Damon had the the numbers that he crunched about Garrett Cole's contract. He had to strike out like twelve people to pay for his house. Like th- this is why people freak the fuck out. But look, but at they the don't realize in the rest of the league. I, yeah, but they also so don't realize saying. those same people only see these headlines and they're like, they don't see, they don't realize the the Marlins are eating some of it. But I mean, regardless, he's he's a damn good player and he's earning this money. So I I, I don't I don't see the other side. Even if he wasn't, or I don't know, even if the Marlins weren't eating part of his contract. Would you not pay? Uh, let's just we will say the Marlins are because they fucking are. Would you not pay twenty two million dollars a year for that production? An upper two hundreds who can hit you thirty to forty home runs, but possibly more. And he, I don't know. He's a middle of the order true power bat. He's a damn good player, and he can play the field. They I would, still, but we weren't getting that value out of him because we weren't playing the field. Now that we are, like the Yankees weren't getting the value. He was providing the value. But we needed more out of him because of the fielding. So now that we, he will potentially, hopefully, play in the field, absolutely worth the money. I, I think he was worth the money before that. Just as a DH, a I mean, $22 million DH, which there's a lot. I mean, Nelson Cruz makes around that. Or he did. A couple of years ago, he's making, he at least got the qualifying offer. Over $18 million a year. Over under 59 games in the field next season. Under. They're not going to let him do it. I, I think that's a pretty hope, good line. I think I hope over. I hope so. I hope in so. In 162 game season, I think it's going to be under. Really? They won't yeah, do it. I, I, well, I feel like they're going to find somebody who's better in the field and plug him in. I hope it's over because that means that we don't have to see Gary Sanchez behind the plate in theory. Well, Tyler Wade's gone, so well, they got actually hold up Ciarte, because though, so. we yeah, we might we might see. There's a good chance we see the Universal DH this year. I know that nationally games aren't going to account for a lot, but. Something to consider in terms of how much he's going to get playing time in the field. And I think that's going to be the true test of like when we play him and if we're comfortable playing him in the field is when those National League games come. That is a good point. I, I, I think the universal DH, and sake. that's... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, for his sake, I hope the DH isn't universal because then you can kind of throw him in for those away NL games and see if he does better for some reason in the field and then plug him in. Like Yeah, two year. sides to this. I think if you... 
don't have the universal DH, I think he, I hope that he plays over the 59 game line that I mentioned. And this is obviously assuming 162 game season, which isn't ruled out yet, but it's not looking good. Um, if there is a universal DH, I I really see them just leaning into the, just like leave him DH, even though like, it just seems like if it, the, the universal DH, if it happens, which I'm all for, by the way, but for the sake of Stanton, I feel a little bad because any progress he just made towards the back end of the season is now just going to be completely eliminated because of this universal DH, because there's no reason not to really put him there. We don't have there. the depth. We don't have the depth to put somebody else at deep, like, well, I mean, we don't even have a full outfield right now. Our yeah. starting center fielder is Aaron fucking Hicks. Like, we don't have the depth to run him out there and rotate the DH around and stuff. He's he's going to DH, and then they're going to put, like, Ender Enciarte or Brett Gardner, and they're going to start them in the outfield because they can play defense. Well, I think the real kicker to this, to see how much he actually plays in, at DH, is the first base situation. Like, if we're bringing back Rizzo and have Voigt, then he's going to probably have to play the field a little more. If we don't... And we have one first baseman. He's probably going to end up DHing a ton because he, we because we can. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's well, they're not going to TBD trade for there. I know. I, I, is that new news? Because I saw that in an yeah, article it came out recently, like, like less than a week ago. Yeah. So the talks for Olsen, just quick news there. Apparently, fell through because the Yankees didn't want to get rid of Volpe and Oswald Peraza, which I'm very happy about. There's been a lot of how can you be talk happy about, about that? What are you going to have? I'm not. I know, I, I'm not necessarily unhappy about it but I'm, I'm i'm glad we didn't get rid of volpe because they are i mean they do this with a lot of prospects greg bird was supposed to be the fucking next best thing he's supposed to be the next matt olsen so they're they're hyping up volpe a lot he just climbed to what murph 10, 10. The, i know murph murph's our in-house prospect guy so he's 10 now in the entire minor league system he could come i feel like he could come up this year depending on what our shortstop situation looks like this year Cannot come up. Confirmed cannot come up. Murph? I I heard through my (laughs) sources. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Apparently, they're going to try to... Peter Pan right now. I know. (laughs) They're going to try to go through, I think, have him do the same thing he did in AA and AAA. What? What? What does that mean? They're going to try and have him play good? Like, play well? (laughs) No. Hey, go out there and don't suck? Like... uh, they said they're going to start him off, and he was double A, right? Like, I think yeah. he was single A. I don't. He so maybe he can't maybe play next year. I don't give a then. shit. I don't know. He, he's, he's not, he's not going to play in the team next year. I don't care. I mean, I care a little. This no, is different. I, don't I know be what like you're top saying. Ten prospect for Matt Olson. I don't. I don't think that's worth it. No, but I, don't, I know you're, you're you're saying this because of like the Dominguez stuff. This is a little different than Dominguez stuff. No, I'm not even saying about that. I'm just saying like. Because this is totally no, this is totally a discretion thing. Like they could play him this year, and it wouldn't be rushing I'll him. Say, I'll but say they, this. they really want to so pump. be rushing him. He's for, like twenty one. I'm, I'm saying this versus Dominguez is so different. Like right, they, but, this uh, is it should be still on your mind versus Dominguez. Like don't even talk to me about Dominguez until for, like for Matt Olson. Four years. For Matt Olson, no, I'm not going to change for Matt Olson. But like, if it was someone else who would like. Really, really, really changed this team around. I don't care. Like Verlander when he I was think, available. Give, give, give me Verlander. I'll send Cole. away. I'll send away Volpe. Yeah. Really? No, yeah. yeah. Verlander, send, no I disagree. Right no now. fucking shot. Not oh, right, not right I'm now. I'm saying Verlander I'm, type. I'm, you're, okay. When yeah. the Astros went and got I'm Verlander gonna... and went to yes. win a, rock, a yes. fucking yeah, World yeah. Series with I'm them. Oh, I'm not saying Verlander. I'm not saying currently, right now, is exact second. I'm just saying a deal like that. That was a little bit misleading because he was a free agent. No, you just you just reacted immediately to me saying anything. You completely blocked out the whole first half of that talk. 
you like me and Damon Thank were you, on the same page, and you just blocked that out and heard Volpe for Verlander. Like, well, that's fucking. Well, sick. I just heard Verlander, and I was like, Verlander. The most recent news on Verlander was when he was a free agent this year. That's well, why I was a little misleading. I wasn't okay. What were we saying, Merv? Either uh, well, I was. I was just saying, I don't think they're like completely prospect hugging him. Like if they if there's an offer that he's involved in that they think is reasonable, they're going to do it. But they're they not going to give him. They said word for word, he's untouchable. Yeah, him and Peraza are untouchables. I personally don't want to give up Volpe for. I don't want to give up Volpe either. I'm pissed off about Peraza. That like okay. you can't start 15 shortstops. I'm sorry. Agreed. Apparently, Peraza is really from, fucking good, but you can move from shortstop to other positions. I actually like, think Peraza so might start this year. Shortstops. That would not surprise me at all if Peraza was the opening day shortstop. Is Peraza one of those ones, like one of those prospects that? He's slightly lower on like the the Yankees list, so they don't mind rushing him type thing. Like that, I mean, he's that like happens with. Like, I don't think so. Like who who came up this year? Louis Heel came up, but he was they were less high on him than some of the other prospects. I don't know like Medina. It, yeah, like Medina was a, a higher prospect. They're both about around the same age, but they were like, "Fuck it." Heel is more like pro ready right now. It's just no. I, yeah, I think the readiness matters. Like I feel like it probably for pitchers has a lot to do with what their command is. Like Heel was probably way more comfortable than Medina. I mean, Peraza's been all the way up to Triple A. It would not surprise me if he started a shortstop. I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised. I wouldn't. They don't want to spend any money. Over under. It wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It would surprise me, but it wouldn't blow my mind. I wouldn't be like, "Whoa, holy shit! This is totally out of left field." I feel like that'd be a mistake. I feel like he's gonna be down there until he's ready. I mean, he's he pretty fucking ready. Like I don't know. I mean, he's hitting like how old is he? Do we know? Twenty-one. This 21. is John Carlos Stanton roll call. Yeah, I know. Just but wanna, well, this all ties back to reel it back. This ties no, back because right. of the first base thing and Matt Olson. But then we got off on a tangent. But it's good content. It is great content. Um, <laughs> and those two aren't going to get a roll call. So which ones? Claps to them. Volpe can we do and a Peraza. Brandon Lockridge roll call? We can absolutely do a Brandon Lockridge roll call. Only um, if he's on the podcast. Done. Yeah, Brandon, if you're listening, you have to come on the podcast. We'll give you a roll call. Um, so Giancarlo Sen is in year, he does on the Tigers. year five. <laughs> Stop saying that. It's going to be a D-back. Um, year, five, <laughs> year five of the contract upcoming. He'll be 32, making $29 million. Obviously, a little bit is going to be paid by the Marlins. There is seven years left on his contract. That's insane. I'm cool. Seven? He's five years in. He's got seven years left. It's a little crazy. You want to know what's funny? He has a long contract. You want to know what's kind of funny, but also really sad and depressing? That he, <clears throat> before Cole was the move, he was the move. We got one game away from the World Series right after 2017. We're like, oh shit, we got Stanton. No way anybody's taking us down now. And then we got cucked by the Red Sox. And then. I remember yeah. how I felt when that move was. Oh. We were still in college, and that I felt like. I, walked, I stopped I walked, my car. I was I driving. walked up to Matt's room. He, our, our friend Matt is a Red Sox fan. I walked up to his room. I was like, holy shit, you guys are fucked. Like, that was the feeling. It didn't necessarily work out like that because we were getting him off the MVP. He hit 59 home runs, was it? Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Well, it was 59. Unbelievable. So, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, five years into the contract, I mean, it's definitely still worth it, but we, we thought we were getting – 
full blown MVP, and he kind of he kind of became that at points during the this problem. year. No, no, no one's saying he's the problem, but I'm just saying. Okay, I'm say. everybody keeps saying like, oh, he, and I've said this before too. Like I kind of just said it is like he wasn't the MVP. He's not the MVP, and we said on the podcast a couple months back during the season, it was like I think people have to just tender their expectations for him. He's not going to be the MVP guy. I think you said exactly that. He's just going to be a damn good hitter. He's not going to be the MVP. I think immediately following those comments, he kind of fucking went on that tear and showed that he can still be that guy who can, he's truly one guy who is a one man wrecking crew and he can take over a game. And there's not many people in the league that can do that. He he's can, he can that... straight up win a game. If that game against the Red Sox in the playoffs was played at any 29 other ballparks, he wins that game for us because that's three home runs. He's a guy that he could be 0 for 20 with 19 strikeouts. And if he comes up, like there's still a bit of hope where I'm like, well, you know, you, you leave one, yeah, this game could be tied. You if leave Gary, one's the real thing. Like, well, yeah, put the wrong plays. That shit's going. But on. if Gary Sanchez is 0 for 20 with 19 I mean, strikeouts, I'm a, like, fucking Christ, he's going to ground and do a double play with nobody on and two outs. <laughs> and you can't like, just compare the worst player in baseball to with nobody on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a night and day. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm just saying, cause people think that Gary Sanchez is this crazy power threat, which fuck that. Fuck that guy. Um, but I'm just saying, I was just using it to compare. It's just interesting to see like now this is a 13 year contract. You look at, isn't who's the other 13 year contract? Machado has a 13 year contract. Trout has 14. Trout has 14. God damn. You look at the other contracts and I mean, we're, we're nearly halfway through this. Obviously like next year will be almost exactly, we'll be exactly halfway through it. Um, I mean, halfway through this deal, you you look at the big deals and you look at if we gave LeMahieu a few extra years too, or like Cole, and you just say, oh, we're going to get the great years in the first half or the first three quarters, and then you just worry about the backside. This is looking strong right now. Obviously, I know it'll, it's due to taper off like towards the back. There's still seven years remaining, but like, I think it's not going to be worth $22 million when he's 36. No, obviously right. not, but we're, obviously it's subsidized by the Marlins a little bit, but I'm just saying this contract isn't looking like a garbage dump right now. Like it's still looking okay. It's well, yeah, I'm saying like, like when you're first reading off all those, like compare it to whatever, like the iPods or whatever, like that was, <laughs> that was kids. And their how long ago was that? That was a long time ago. And like, like that big of a contract was like the Five biggest, that was the biggest we've seen. But now like people are throwing around 400, $500 million contacts, contracts around. Like it's nothing like, the stand deal, like looking back on that and looking at like what's being thrown around nowadays, and then the production value of what stands had, it's shit. Marcus Simeon pretty got fucking like good. thirty something yeah. million. Yeah, a it's year. fucking nuts, dude. You tell me you'd take Marcus Simeon over John Carlos Stan? Fuck no. Like these contracts nowadays are ridiculous. True, true, true. Yep, it's a finance pod. Um, but then you look at other contracts. I was, I was mainly talking about all the like the bad contracts you think of. And it's obviously nowhere in the ballpark of like a Chris Davis type contract where he was making the worst ever. But he was at during when he got the contract, he was that dude. And then all of a sudden, he's the worst, literal worst historic player in baseball. Like he had, he, how many at bats did he have where he didn't get a hit? You're talking about Chris uh, Davis, Chris I think Davis. Was 57. Like 50, I think yeah. he broke the fucking something. record, right? I felt fucking bad for him when he was doing that. But you look, I don't. He was. He literally was such an asshole about it too. Was he? Yeah, I don't feel bad for him at all. Also, know. he definitely like killed the Yankees a few times, so fuck him. Just that saying. very funny. You look at those contracts, and this is... When, every time you look at a big contract, it's always like, wow. 
Everybody they're bitches gonna about that. every big contract ever. Tatis got a contract at 22, and they're like, well, I don't know, man. 13 years is a lot. Like, no, no, it's no, no, no. Every big contract <laughs> is not bad. Just because he makes more money than all of us combined forever doesn't mean it's a bad contract. Yeah, agreed. Uh, what do you think he's doing right now, John Carlo? I don't know, he's probably in South probably benching Andre, like Adrian, Adrian Alima. Fuck her name is. <laughs> yeah, just leave it at that's what he's doing right now. Just that's benching exactly her all day long. Right Whatever. Who do you think his best friend on the team is? That's a good Geo. You think? Is Geo going to be a, like our third baseman next year? And this isn't the Geo podcast. We're probably talking about him at some point. Yeah, but point, we're talking but... about John Carlos' best friend, so it plays. Yeah. Do you think he's going to be a third baseman? Who else? I don't know. Chris Bryant? So, yeah. Matt Chapman. Oh, well, yeah. If you're talking about bringing in other people, then I don't know. Yeah, if the season starts and you're able to make a trade. I feel like there are positions to address. Brandon Lockridge. Brandon Lockridge, third baseman, whoever it takes. Hey, he played second in college. That's like only two numbers away from third. Damon just took his headphones off, so I'm assuming this podcast is over. Well, I need to leave, so. All right. That's all I wanted to chat about. All right, so uh, that'll do it for this episode because Damon just put his foot down on us. He has to go. Um, but these roll call episodes, honestly, like we have, we usually do a real schedule with these, and we may still like, have to chat about our schedule. But with like we we usually line it up so that it's uh, like two a week for the majority of the off season. Then you get into the, closer to the off season, spring training. It's like almost one every day and that type of thing. But we don't know when the season's gonna fucking start, so. Uh, as of right now, I think uh, up to you guys. It's fair to do these like once a week, and then once we get some better news about the lockout situation, maybe we amp it up to two times a week and that sort of thing. Um, but TBD, we'll let you guys know. If you guys enjoyed this, if you can give us a five star rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, subscribe to the Bronx Pinstripes YouTube. That's where you'll catch these live, and you can replay them and watch us in the video form over there. So that would be fantastic. Love you guys. We'll catch you later. All the guys at 161st Street, I just have two words for you. See ya. I'm not like all of my friends. I'd rather get lost in conversation until we fade into each other again. I will let this moment slip out through my hands. Don't ever know it if we had a chance. Through my hands
we started Feel it crawling all these years I was once departed You found me right here I like what we started Feel it crawling all these years through my hands go on never knowing if we had a chance i like when we're falling who knows where we'll land love is what happens when you make other plans plans plans